Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. Okay, so let's have a brief word of prayer. I know we've prayed. Father, we just thank you for the wonderful privilege we have of drawing aside and just being in your presence. Lord, uh, so much of our life is like Martha. We're busy, busy about so many things. But Lord, it's a time just to be merry and just to sit at your feet and receive your word. So we come uh, depending upon the Holy Spirit who inspired the word, to quicken the word to all of our hearts. Uh, Lord, we know that no one ministry can meet everybody's need, but we believe the Holy Spirit can. So bless your word to end this series together tonight in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said amen. 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 Okay. So I'd like you to turn uh, for a start here to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. And uh, you've got, uh, got the sheet here. So what we're going to do in our time together, and uh, I think we'll have a very exciting time. I hope you feel that way by the time we're through. Just a very exciting time. And what I want to do in our time together is sort of look at the big picture, uh, just the big picture here. So um, uh, we're looking at in Adam or in Christ. So uh, just by way of introduction, as you turn to 1 Corinthians 15, uh, we just want to set the stage... Because when God looks down on this uh, planet Earth, he actually sees the whole of the human race in two men. We're either in Adam, and we're going to be exploring that together, or else we're in Christ. There's no neutral ground. There's no in-between ground. Everybody's either a member of the Adamic race or the member of the new race in Christ Jesus. So let's just look at two or three scriptures I've given you as we sort of uh, introduce uh, our subject here and, and, and put the setting. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Everybody excited tonight? Yes. I mean, glad they're alive? Yes. Considering the alternative? Okay. All right, 1 Corinthians 15, and let's go to verse 21. I'm reading from uh, New Authorized here. So 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 21. So Paul says, For since by man... Oh, I better go over the column. I've got old and new here. So ver- verse 21. For since by man came death... By man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam, everybody say, in Adam. All right, so there's our key. As in Adam, in Adam all die, even so in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. So this is sort of the foundation of it. In Adam or in Christ. So as I uh, studied this many, many years ago, I said, Lord, what are you talking about? What does it really mean to be in Adam? And what does it mean to be in Christ? So if you mark your Bible, I'd recommend you underline those two. So for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. All right, let's go down to uh, scripture number two on your notes there. I've spoiled you tonight and hopefully given you some good notes. Verse 45 uh, to 49, where Paul picks up the uh, similar thought. So verse uh, 45, so he says, And so it is written, the first man, Adam, so notice we have the first man, Adam, became a living soul or living being. Living soul is probably a better one. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So let's look at this. In the first one, we've got in Adam or in Christ. Here we've got the first man, Adam, and then the last Adam. Now, I'll throw a lot of seed here because this is a seminar. How many know what the word seminar means? It actually means a dispersion of seed. So that's what scattering of seed, dispersion of seed, seminar. That's a very uh, meaning, uh, one of the meanings in the dictionary. So we have two atoms here. 
the first man, Adam, became a living soul, living being. Then the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So, uh, you know, if we, if we used... Uh, and Ted's got a wonderful board here. If we did the, my famous timeline, which is copyright around the world, uh, it would be like, uh, here we would have the first man and the first Adam. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of preachers get this wrong. Jesus is spoken not as the first Adam, but as the last Adam. He's not the second Adam. Because, plain on English here, what God did, every one of us, once we uh, get into the pattern here tonight, we see how we were born in the first Adam, and then everybody that's come right through the cross, God's just sort of Adam them all up. <laughs> everybody get that? Some of you get that, that about midnight tonight, okay. Uh, and Jesus is the last Adam. So when we look at the cross, Jesus gathered all the those were in Adam and just Adam them up, so to speak, and he's the last Adam. But he's the second man, the new man. So term terminology is very important. So that's the, the overall picture. So um, keeping on the verses here. In verse 46, how be, how be however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. So the natural, and if you if you want to put this up here, you can. So first the natural. And then after that, afterwards, that which is spiritual. So the cross brings us into the spiritual realm. So first the natural, then the spiritual. And then it goes on, the first man, and if you want to extend that, I'm not a very good writer, but the first man is of the earth, earthy, made of dust. See, so earthy, of the earth, made of dust. But the... Notice the language now, the word Paul uses. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man, now notice this because uh, as we go through, uh, it'll come clear. So he's the last Adam, but he's the second man. So when Jesus died on the cross and God raised him from the dead, he created a new man. That's why I'm saying that when God looks on this planet earth, he sees everybody either in the first man or the second man, or the first Adam, or in Christ. In Christ, or in Adam, or in Christ. That's, that's it. And as, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the, of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Everybody said hallelujah on that. Okay, now let's go over to Romans 5. So, what I'm doing here is just sort of in three major scriptures setting the picture that God looks on the earth and he sees two men, either in, in Adam or in Christ. Okay, Romans chapter 5. And I've put down the whole passage here and we're not going to read it all. Uh, we want to stick to our schedule. but um, So we get, just get the, the setting here. Romans chapter 5. And on your notes I'll put down verses 12 through to 21. To read the whole passage, we're not going to do that for the moment. But I want you to, and I, I, I like to mark my Bible, notice the emphasis on the one man or the one man. So verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and has spread to all men, because all sin, one man. Then, you go down to verse 14, and we'll come back to this more fully later. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure or the type of him who is to come. Pick that up if you can. So Adam 
was a type of him who was to come. He was actually a type of the Lord Jesus Christ before the fall. All right, then you go to verse 15. Not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of, uh, by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, say, one man, one man. So we got that, the one man, the one man. Then in verse 17. For if by the one man's offense, death reign through one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteousness. So as you see through that passage, you just see Paul is contrasting the one man and the one man. The first Adam, the last Adam. So, so those uh, three main scriptures sort of give you the picture of two men, as we've got under letter A. We're either in Adam or in Christ. Now I want you to go uh, way back now and go back to the original man. So what we're going to do now, we're going to go back to the first man and you have seven <laughs> steps there that you will need to fill in. What was God's original purpose? And, uh, and I, I, hope, I hope you'll be challenged and excited about this as I was, you know, as I've sort of developed more over the years. Let's go to letter B and Genesis 1, uh, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, and we'll read uh, verses 26 to 28. And it says here, uh, what did I say, 26 or 28? Yeah, that's right. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, keep these thoughts in mind. God wanted to make a man in his image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. That's one thing I've never had. I've never caught a fish in my life. I caught a cold, <laughs> but never caught a fish. Over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. We just throw in this for good measure. He created them Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Amen. Everybody said amen. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so now let's go back to the beginning and just going off your notes here. God, God has worked in what we call the week of creation. He works six days, seventh day rest. And so the masterpiece of God's creation in, 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 the, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, the masterpiece was the creation of man and woman. Everybody said amen. So that was the masterpiece. I mean, God created, if you can create light and the sun and the moon and the stars, and the birds and the bees and the uh, fish and the flowers and everything like that. But the masterpiece in God's mind was creation now. The creation of the man and woman. And someone said to me the other day, well, why did God even bother to create? Well, I'll probably I'll ask him one of those questions. <laughs> why, why did he? But this is, this is how I understand that way back in eternity past, when we can't even comprehend eternity, timelessness, God was there in his loneliness or we might say Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then somewhere in the purpose of God, he decided to create the angels and decided to create man. Why? I believe that the Bible teaches that God as a father really wanted a family. 
And uh, this is the only way I can say it. If I could think of something better, I would. Uh, when God decided to create the family, whether it was the angels and then man who's made a little lower than the angels, he took what I call a calculated risk. I don't know how else to put this. And this is what it was. Will I create man as a zombie or a robot? How many would like, those of you who are married or want to be married, would like to have a husband or a wife that's a robot? Love me. Yes, sir. <laughs> Do what I say. Kiss me. I mean, that would be dead meat, wouldn't it, eh? <laughs> so, so God call, took what I call a calculated risk. He took the risk of giving us a free will. And once he gave us a free will, we had the power of choice. And if you had the power of choice, it's the power of choice between at least two things. This is the problem that I believe God's real purpose, he wanted a family. He's going to be satisfied through the church and we're part of the family of God. Hallelujah. I'm stuck with you people for all eternity. And you're stuck with me. Hallelujah. Oh, no, yeah, okay. Oh, me. Yeah. Okay, so God's original purpose. So on your notes, creation of man and woman, the masterpiece. And the thing is, number two, God said, let's make man in our image and likeness. Now, I want to spend on your seven fill-ins there. What do we mean by the image and likeness of God? Now, this was before the fall, before sin entered. God's original purpose and intention. Okay, so number three, God's original seven-fold purpose and intention and I'd like to underline that, before the fall. So before the fall, before sin entered, God had this purpose here. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So what was God's sevenfold purpose in creation of man in the image and likeness of God? Okay, so everybody with me so far? Yeah. All right, so we're saying God looks down on the earth. He sees only two men in the whole of the human race. Everybody's either in Adam or in Christ, and we're going back. What does it mean to be in Adam? What was God's original intention? Okay, number one, and this is very simple, and yet the more you think about it, and uh, remember, if you don't get it all, buy some tapes or CDs. People say to me, Kevin, we love your CDs and tapes better than you. I say, well, thanks for your encouraging ministry. They say, why? Well, they say, we can turn you off. Uh, they have a ministry of encouragement uh, nobody's like that here okay now the, these are simple things but very profound to me and, and, and when I realise hey running ahead here in the cross Jesus wants to bring us back to the original purpose from which man fell and once I saw this years ago it gave me a sense of destiny that I'm not an accident going somewhere to happen I've got destiny. God wants to bring. Redemption is going to bring us back to God's original purpose in creation, but on a higher order. Once you get hold of this, it just gives you a sense of destiny. I'm not an accident going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. All right, number one, sinless character. God's original intention is seen in these verses here, and this was the purpose. Number one, Sinless in character. God wanted the man and the woman to be like him in his image. Sinless in character and nature. So when he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, what is the image and likeness of God? Part of it is God is sinless in nature and character. How many can say amen on that? Now, I'd like you to put this statement down. It's very challenging. 
But sin is an intrusion into man's nature. It's an intrusion. Everybody, every one of us, we know there's something wrong on the inside. We were not meant to be sinners. Sin is an intrusion into man's nature. Now, just let me throw this in. And remember, later on, we'll have some questions and that. See, what I see that there's, there's sort of two levels in the will of God. There's what I call here, uh, on this level, God's perfect will. And this is what Paul prays. He said that you present your uh, bodies a... Perfect. This thing doesn't spell. Uh, present, your, <laughs> present your bodies a living sacrifice that you may prove... Yeah, if you can't spell, always blame the pen. Okay. <laughs> present your bodies a living sacrifice that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. So God's level was up here. His perfect will. That's what we're talking about. When man sinned, he dropped down to this second level, and I've changed the word. I used to say permissive will, but we'll say permitted will of God. Permissive will of God. God permitted it because he took the calculated risk, as I said, of creating man with a free will. Otherwise, we would have been a bunch of zombies, and God wouldn't get much love out of that. You wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm glad my wife's not a zombie. Though sometimes she might feel like that. Okay. All right. So number one, number one, sinless in character and nature. So sin is an intrusion. All right. Number two, out of this, the second part of God's plan was God, was, God created man and woman to be perfect. In other words, you can put down the word perfection. Perfection. God is perfect and he wanted to create a man and woman in his image and likeness that would be perfect. And you see, this is why most of you here, I think, and including myself, we're perfectionists. Why? Because we were created to be perfect. Less than the perfection is the result of sin. But see, some people are so great on perfectionism, it becomes legalism and bondage and just that they're hard to live with because but you see it's an innate thing that was it was created in us god created us to be perfect this is why most all of us seek to be perfectionists in one way or another we're always wanting to do something perfect be perfect we were created for perfection so that's important so we were created to be sinless sins and intrusion into our nature we were created to be perfect number 3 we were created for fellowship. Put down two words here, here, if you like. Fellowship and relationship. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. We won't turn to it. Fellowship and relationship. God wanted a relationship with man and the woman. So Genesis 3 and verse 8, we're told that in the cool of the evening, God walked and talked with man. Now, however, God, the God of the universe did that. But there was perfect relationship and fellowship between God and man. There was no communication gap. There was no uh, fights. You know, there was no flying saucers <laughs> between Adam and Eve. There was perfect relationship. And that's what church life is about. Fellowship, relationship. How many can say amen on that? God wanted that. He created us for fellowship, number three. And, and let me say this. It was a love relationship. You see, love, love actually... Love itself is a triangle. God is love. He doesn't have love, but he is, he is love. 
And so God is love. He created man for love and to love us. How many appreciate God's love more than ever we did? Uh, but he wants us to reciprocate that love. That's the secret of a happy marriage. All the married people said, oh, yes, Lord. Okay. And, and, and here's, here's the thing. Love is worship. Have you ever thought of that? Uh, because sometimes, you know, uh, in Waverley Christian Fellowship days, before it became city, uh, city life, uh, people used to say to me, oh, Kevin, I didn't get anything out the worship this morning. You know what I said? I said, you didn't get anything out the worship. I said, who's worship for? Did God get anything out of it? They never said it again. <laughs> See? And they say, well, what do we think of worship? Is God sitting up on the throne there and saying, worship me, worship me, louder, louder, faster, faster. Zing, zing, more guitars, more. <laughs> Bang the drum more, do something, worship me. Is God on an ego trip? No, I see worship as love. It's a love relationship. I love him, I adore him. We were singing some songs tonight. Oh, I just I love you, Lord. Not for what you've done only, but for who you are. It's a love relationship. That's the secret of a happy marriage. Yeah, thank you, Kevin, for that. Everybody, everybody breathing? All right, so fellowship relationship. God walked and talked with man in the evening. It was a love relationship. Uh, we were created by love, for love, and to reciprocate love. I'll say that again. So we were created by love. God is love. And to be loved, we all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. So we are created by love, for love, and to reciprocate love. It's got to be a two-way two street. Okay, so love is worship. God is not on an ego trip. All right, number four. Next four uh, thing in the original purpose and intention of God was dominion. Dominion. Now, there's more in this than meets the ear, but we'll throw the thought in here. In uh, Genesis passage we read, uh, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and the cattle, over every creeping thing. Dominion. So we were created by dominion or rulership. So th this is how I understand it, that I believe that uh, the earthly paradise was just a little part of planet earth and that we'll go into the, when we get to a couple more here, that God intended Adam and Eve to have, Mr. and Mrs. Adam as they were, to have a race of beings that would make the whole earth as paradise. That's why we have the implication, have dominion and subdue it. Bring it under control. Subdue it. Okay? All right, so subdue the earth, leadership, have dominion. And see, man still has that. How many think Hitler was a wonderful leader? He was. But it was leadership and dominion gone corrupt. See? And he became a dictator. But man was created to have dominion, to rule. But that thing can be twisted. And that's why we get dictators, Pentecostal popes. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, just popes. Okay. All right. Number five. <laughs> uh, everybody breathing? Okay. Number five. This is, this is really good. It's simple but profound. We were actually created for happiness. We were created for happiness. Just put down one verse, but let, let me read it to you. Uh, just one verse. And it's interesting just to go through the Bible just on this word happy. Now, I know there's a difference between happiness and joy, but happiness is, is still, uh, still uh, what God created. Psalm 144 
and verse 15. It says, uh, or verse 12, I'll lead into it. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as pillars sculptured in palace style, that our barns may be full, supplying all kinds of produce, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and tens of thousands in our fields, that our oxen may be well laden, that there be no breaking in or going out, that there be no outcry in our streets. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. How many think that's a great verse? I'm a happy person. I mean, generally, you know. Uh, aren't you, you're a happy people. I can pick it up tonight. Do you know why? Part of it? Because Solvay and Ted are happy. They're not, uh, they're not snappy. They're happy. Okay. So we were created to be happy. Blessed, rejoicing, whatever. We were created to be. Sorrow was never meant to be. That's why when we get to the ultimate down here, there's no more sorrow, no more tears, no more sickness, no more sadness, no more death. Those are all former things that we created, what we're going to see in our next session. So happy. Uh, how many heard the expression a few years ago, don't worry, be happy? Yeah. Do you know what happened to the man who created that little thing? He committed suicide. I mean, how sad. He sent a statement around the world, don't worry, be happy, but he ended up committing suicide. Wow, something missing. And see, God's people should be the happiest people upon the face of the earth. Now, we'll have our times of sorrow because of sickness and grief and sad things and bad things that happen to good people and everything, but there's a happiness, there's a, a joy that's of the Spirit, regardless. So, and when Jesus gave the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor, blessed are this, you know, in the Amplified says, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are these people. Yeah. So God wants it. You know, people don't want to come. I heard about this guy in the States. He came, uh, he was, he, his garage was opposite a church building there. And he, he, when the guy came out and asked for some gas, the fellow said, what happens at that building over there? In that church building? He said, why? He said, well, when the people come, they all go into the door talking and happy and smiling. But when they come out, their faces are as long as long. <laughs> So whatever happens to them in there, I don't want it. Eh? So when do you leave the meeting on Sunday? How do you go out? <laughs> that must have been for somebody. Okay, number six. Another thing here, God created man for, this is all before the fall now, is reproduction. Because God said, be fruitful, multiply. Now let me go back to the thought. When God said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, this is what I understand, that the earthly paradise was just a little part of this earth, and because of what had happened in the fall by the devil, that God wanted man, because you think, if Adam and Eve hadn't have sinned, they would be still alive. And if they hadn't have messed up, they would have produced, listen to this now, a, 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 a sinless race of beings. That was God's original, original intention. Have you ever thought of that? They were, how many uh, mums and dads here, how many would like to have had sinless kids? <laughs> I see that hand. Is there, no, you see that hand, yeah. I mean, when I had my, Mark and Sharon, my kids, I'd always be belting their mother out of them. <laughs> and then when she belted them, she'd be belting me out of them, belting the old man out of them. So, 
Yeah. But that was God's original intention. So I'm only saying this, that I believe that in eternity, God has a vast plan. I don't know. I don't let my imagination go. But God has a vast plan because there's something about creation is going to bring us back to God's original intention in creation. Tell me that. How many understand what I'm saying? I mean, how many sort of, oh, wow, this is destiny. Okay, number seven, the last one. Okay, number seven is God created us to have eternal life. That's why he put the tree of eternal life there. We'll come back to that in our next session. So, man, we were created to live eternally. Let me put this down. Death is an intrusion. It was never meant to be. Death is an intrusion. Sin is an intrusion into the human race. Death is an intrusion into the human race. And into man's being. Most normal people don't want to die. How many would like to see the uptaker instead of the undertaker? Yeah. Uh, about six of us. You're going to. Yeah. That's my hope, you know, at the moment, because I'm 81, see, so, so father. Yeah. Most normal people do not want to die. They resist it. They fight against it. We do everything we can to keep on living. Scientists are looking for the key to eternal life because they know death is unnatural, the tree of eternal life. So when God said, let's make man in our image, let's go through these seven things. God created man and woman to be sinless in character, number one. Live in perfection, number two. Have fellowship relationship, number three. Have dominion, number four. And number five, happiness. Number six, reproduction. And number seven, eternal life. Now, that was God's original purpose. That was his destiny for man. And as I said, redemption is to bring us back to what we fell from in creation. Come back in 15 minutes for this exciting episode. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org where you can access PDF downloads of all of Kevin Connor's books as well as his video training courses, including the Key of Knowledge Seminar and Foundations of Christian Doctrine.